Americans, stop making fun of the Chinese for this uh, virus, okay? I'm sure they may have some interesting choices in edible meats, but don't act like Americans are any better. I mean, we just stopped eating Tide Pods like two years ago. <laughs> so that's um, funny. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, Biden wins big in South Carolina on Saturday. He's back. Does that change the race at all? I don't know. Super Tuesday is tomorrow. That's pretty much your update on that. Yeah, I, I I feel like, you know, I'd be analyzing a baseball game two pitches in. All the action has taken place tomorrow. So we'll see. He's not dead, though. I'm not dead yet. Definitely not. And the mo- to me, the most interesting thing going on is that Bloomberg isn't polling above 15% in Texas or California. Is he close? He's close, okay. but he's there's no way he's going up currently. Biden doing well in South Carolina was not good for Bloomberg. Bloomberg has got to get out. His whole reason for getting in the race was to stop evil Bernie, because right. Bernie would lose and be bad for the country. Correct. And he didn't think Biden could win. Well, Biden showed he could perhaps win. Maybe he wins in Texas if you get out, oh, crazy old man. So Bloomberg's got to get out. Hmm. It's a little late now. Will, but will his ego allow him to do that? Easy. You could easily end up in a situation where you look back on it historically. Bernie won because Bloomberg got in the race. Right. So nice job, right. Bloomberg. Well, listen, Mayor Bloomberg. If you're listening, the Armstrong and Getty Show is heard in every corner of California. If you are getting out of the race, we will uh, spend the entirety of the show. The rest of today and all of tomorrow announcing that so voters are straight on that for the sum of five, seven, ten million dollars. Ten million United States dollars. Happy to do it for you. Mayor Pete got out yesterday. I don't know if he ran out of money or if he's just the kind of guy. He might be the kind of guy. He strikes me actually as the kind of guy that if he just did the, 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 uh, rational look at the numbers thought, well, I can't win. So why hold another rally? Whereas there are lots of candidates that know they can't win, and they continue to hold rallies for weeks. I have a feeling uh, Little Pete had some polling, internal polling, that uh, showed that the West Coast was going to be a disaster. So does Elizabeth Warren. She's staying in it. She's got a third, fourth, fourth, and fifth so far. What the hell is she running for? Well, go candy a yam, you iron-deficient gopher gobbler. That's what I'd say to her. That's what Joe Biden would say to her. Everybody in the neighborhood knows you're a pork-eating, beans-eating gobstopper. <laughs> oh, man, Joe and the general. Entertaining. And honestly, for, for love of country, I know a lot of you don't swing the Democrats' way, but for love of country, I don't want to see Bernie's ideas elevated to the big stage. Well, I still think Biden's got the best shot at beating Trump out of anybody out there. Biden. Yeah, Biden does, mm-hmm. if he's yeah. the general. Could be. Could be. We'll all find out together, I suppose. Hey, just hear this. Everybody's talking about the coronavirus, and it's fine. I'm I'm not particularly concerned, number one, because I'm not in a high-risk group. I'm a robust man of middle-aged. Um, and, uh, and, robust? And fairly robust. Um, hmm. Give me a di- di- dictionary definition of robust there, if you could, Sean. Should we stand by, or should I go on? You can go on. Did you hear about what Amazon did? They're cracking down on third-party merchants who are violating its policies by making false claims that it could cure or prevent the coronavirus, which mm. I thought, hey, Jeff Bezos, for, for once, you know, that's a reasonable thing to do. They pulled down over a million items that were doing that. I mean, take a minute to think about that. 
Not only are there a million items on Amazon, which would be pretty amazing, there were a million items that were claiming to cure or prevent the coronavirus. Wow. Well, Out every, of the, what, 73 quintillion uh, items? Yeah. Every single wipe, soap, detergent, solid liquid that exists. Yeah. Or gougers. They also cut down on gougers, like quadrupled, quintupled prices for masks and such. But What does robust mean, Sean? I, now, now, I'm assuming Joe was not meaning that he is rich in flavor and or smell, but rather that, <laughs> Wait he, a is, moment. that Point he is of order. strong and healthy, a.k.a. vigorous. Yes, yeah. I am Aggressive vigorous. Scent. Yeah. You're strong and healthy. Thank you. Thank you. By going to die from coronavirus virus standards. Oh, yeah. Not by, you know, join the army standards. Oh, oh no. No. We, we as a nation would be in a serious crisis if the army was composed of 1.2 million me's. Yes, we would, we would have to fight brief wars on level ground. <laughs> Very brief. Like five minutes or less. Anyway. <laughs> if we do what Joe wants... Oh, that's I'm, hilarious. I'm easily winded. Hey, uh, Chris Wallace pointed out on Fox yesterday, for all the talk of Iowa and New Hampshire aren't representative of the United States, they are all white. South Carolina is not representative of the United States, no. and that 50% of the voters were black, Yeah, uh, which is it's 13% of the country is black, so it's way out of proportion the other direction. Right. So you can make the same argument. As usual, any time a politician is enunciating a principle... Or what sounds like one, just assume they're saying it because it profits them at the time. And in a month, if it doesn't, they'll reverse field. It's just how it is. So you, I'll end here. And I won't talk another word about it for, I don't know, at least a half an hour. Um, uh, did Biden winning Saturday? Yes. Sniff a hope or is it still just, is it oh, just yeah. like a 48 uh, he absolutely hour? Absolutely has a sniff a hope. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. I'm uh, yeah. I'm afraid it's not enough of a sniff of hope. Unlike me, he does not have a strong and rich flavor or smell. I just of being you, a winner. I just well, here I am talking about it more. Yeah, I just, well, you no, can't be I'm stopped. Not, I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about socialism, which is a little bit different. I just go amble in some bramble, you sniveling penny farthing. <laughs> I just wonder if the Castro thing on 60 Minutes, if you know, it's a couple of news clips that have been making the rounds the last week or so about Bernie. A couple of articles that we referenced last week. I just wonder if any of that's eaten into any of his momentum. I think you would need 50 times that the people, to penetrate the heads of the average voter in uh, blue uh, western states. Yeah, I suppose you're right. The people, in, in particular. The people cheering in arenas aren't going to be touched by it, But I mean, the, pe- the kind of people that are just, I don't like Trump, so... Oh, wow, I didn't know Bernie said that. Yeah, I didn't know if that the was a very big number or not. Man, I hope so. I, I just know this. I've learned this in the years of doing this show. We and the folks listening are always way more informed, better informed and more into this than the average voter. So, you know, feel free to, you know, call, write, email, text everybody you know and point out to them, Bernie is a crackpot. <laughs> He's a popular crackpot. He is no less a crackpot. I could give He's you also ha- a really good politician, which is one of the reasons he's successful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I could give you half a dozen examples of extremely popular, capable crackpots through political history who, just a few years down the road, everybody realized, oh, my God, that would have been a disaster, or that was a disaster when we elected that person or let them take power. Make no mistake, Bernie is a crackpot. One more coronavirus thing. 
And we'll do something else next segment, which we haven't decided yet. Uh, the coronavirus suit that will protect you inside a literal bubble. They're making this. Look at this. It's kind of like a big, well, it's a big plastic bubble that you can Not wear. at all the sort of thing that will result in mockery. <laughs> well, mock all you want. At least I don't have the coronavirus, which is killing fa- They're stacking the bodies like cordwood. I, I don't think that's true. No, no not in uh, the first world nations. Uh, but anyway, you wear this uh, bubble. And you like go on your urban commute. You go out and get on your uh, your local bus and go down the street. And you're completely protected. Sure, go ahead. Why don't you be the first on your block, as they used to say? Mm. Coming up, exciting news in transgender powerlifting. You're gonna love this. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe Biden, you look different. (laughs) Now here's an honest-to-goodness true story based loosely on fake events. The year was 19 Ricky Ticky Tabby. And me and Nelson Mandela were palling around South Africa Green Book style. We have one elephant between us, and who do we run into but the Ebola monkey? And weird story longer, I wrestled that sucker to mercy. Beep, bop, bip. That's how I convinced Mandela that Whitey was okay. Wow, John Mulaney. That's really good. <laughs> God, and I thought his stand-up, the morning dispatch I was reading today, it said, by the way, check out Mulaney's opening monologue here. He is so freaking funny with his regular stand-up. But his thing about, what is it about um, all our dads, he said. Men between the ages of whatever it was, 65 and 75. Are they studying for a World War II II trivia contest or what's going on? (laughs) That's hilarious. So true. (laughs) It is true. (laughs) Ah, It's funny. Yeah, so uh, listen, big news in transgender weightlifting. Laurel Hubbard, who is laying waste to the women's powerlifting uh, in her part of the world, which happens to be Australia, New Zealand, down there, down yonder, uh, she uh, she fell apart on the clean and jerk, failing on all her attempts. Um, she made a personal best and obliterated the other gals um, in, in various other events, but uh, couldn't complete the full, uh, whatever you call it, where you have to do all three of the, the lifts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame. She was a dude, by the way, until quite recently, and is huge, and looks like a huge, strong dude, and whoops the heck out of all the women in the, the I'm sorry, the other women in the, uh, in the competition. Said this other gal who is competing against her... This is insane. Women's rights to basic fairness and equality are getting destroyed at the altar of political correctness. Trans women born with biological male bodies have a massive physical advantage over women born with female bodies in any sport where power and strength are significant factors. This shouldn't be a contentious claim, and it's just rather an obvious fact. Well, that brought storms of criticism and horror. How dare you say that? Except that Everybody with a lick of sense knows it's true. Transgender women competing and dominating in strength sports. Just reject it. Or combat sports. Reject it. You don't even need an argument. Okay? The argument's obvious. If you were born a man, you have much greater size, thickness of bones, muscle mass, even if you've been on the hormones. Reject it. And more and more women, to their credit, are coming out and saying, listen... 
listen, this is crazy. I don't hate anybody. I'm not against anybody. But you can't have big freaking until recently dudes in powerlifting. It's it's ridiculous. So so this uh, this gal is going to try uh, to qualify theory for the Olympics through another competition. Right, well, I think, so we may see her in the Olympics. Yeah, I, I want it to go to the Olympic level because that's when it'll get enough attention that we'll finally have this uh, conversation and make a decision as a world, I think. Right, right. <clears throat> and, you know, as we've discussed, there are a bunch of things I can't do. I'm not good at them. I'm not qualified. I, I wish I could compete, but I can't. And and I've had dreams. Uh, we, uh, let's talking to you folks. We've all had dreams that meant a lot to us. We had to let go of them for various reasons. The idea that this human being uh, can do anything she wants on Earth except powerlifting, that does not break my heart. That uh, You can't. Because of the advantages Women's you have. Women's powerlifting. She right. could, she oh, could yeah. com- tip, compete in men's powerlifting. Right, yeah, go ahead. But anything else on earth, literally anything else you want to try, go ahead. Just not that. That's not the, uh, cruelty or unfair. That's just common sense. So a uh, popular topic of a lot of your candidates on the left is uh, raising the minimum wage. Uh, how does this story fit in? Target has raised wages, then it cut workers' hours and doubled their workload. Yeah. Um, target workers have noted a drastic reduction in scheduled hours and a significant increase in workloads as Target has increased their minimum wage and rolled out a modernization plan, in quotes, in 2019 to increase efficiency. Now, I don't know if Target just thinks this is a more efficient way of running their business or if they were trying to get ahead of, you know, because Walmart's gotten killed politically for their wages for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Candidates always are mentioning Walmart. Maybe Target just wanted to be ahead of that political storm. I don't know. But either way, they raised minimum wage, but you end up with these results. Quoting someone here. The last time they raised minimum wage, they cut hours. So I'm basically making less than I was before they raised it to $13 an hour. How's your utopia coming along? I was full-time 40 hours a week uh, as a receive. Whatever that means. A receiver, I believe, yeah. is probably what it was. My hours were cut down to 27 hours a week in 2019. They more than doubled my workload, cut my hours. I lost my benefits after averaging less than 30 hours a week, but my hourly wage went up. I went from 40 hours a week to 15 hours in January of 2020. So, again, I don't know that this fits in perfectly with the whole, this is the result of forcing people to raise minimum wage, but mm-hmm. they did raise the minimum wage. And uh, they're cutting back on hours and making oh, you gar- do more work. I guarantee it does, because that same story is being repeated all over the country. And what's scary to me is there are plenty of red states and, and congressional districts where vast increases to the minimum wage poll pretty well among Republicans. Yeah, people it's just scared. Uh, people just don't understand economics. They don't God understand damn. how markets work. God, isn't that one of those that um, uh, a, a, a smart, verbally gifted person could explain that in 15 minutes? To anybody and change their mind. Yeah, but man, I know I know minimum wage going up sounds good. Here's why it's not, and then explain it to them. Well, yeah, but if you can't explain it in less than fifteen seconds, that's true. You're going to lose at politics. That's true. And like places like Target, they'll adjust this way. Your co- local coffee shop and bookstore, they just go out of business. Yeah, they just close. You know that reminds me of this other story that there is now <clears throat> an increasingly nationwide movement 
to uh, repeal California's, Cal Unicornia's AB5. That was the loss heavily sponsored by unions that said you can't be a gig worker anymore. If you do more than X as a freelancer, a gig worker, whatever, then you are an employee and you got to get full benefits and vacation time and the rest of it. And for nearly 57 million entrepreneurs who work as freelancers and independent contractors in the U.S., it's screwing them out of the way they've made their living. We're talking about, um, you know, obviously Uber and Lyft drivers have been in the headlines, but it's all sorts of people from uh, writers to hairdressers to um, like uh, people who just do a few plumbing gigs. They're the extra guy that gets called when all the plumbers are busy at a local uh, plumbing shop. There are quite a few different examples of it. Uh, nurses, caterers, cleaning crews, stylists, photographers who have been living their lives exactly the, w- the way they want them with flexibility. And, and the state of Cal Unicornia, trying to fashion a socialist utopia, has told them they can't work in the way they choose. But again, the resistance to it is, is growing around the, uh, the country, which is good. Oh, my gosh. The misguided utopians who just want to run everything. They'd be scary if they weren't hilarious. Or they'd be hilarious if they weren't so scary. Yeah, That's I'm going the, use the second one. I'm more. going yeah. with the That's second one. That's good. There you go. That's why rough drafts are so important. Japan famously botched its handling of the cruise ship Diamond Princess by quarantining more than 3,500 passengers and crew on the ship itself, which had disastrous results. More than 620 cases have been confirmed among the passengers and crew on the cruise ship, raising worries about how the virus was able to spread so rapidly among people who should have been isolated. Oh, I'll tell you how it spread so rapidly. They were on a cruise ship. (laughs) Under the best of circumstances, a cruise ship is a floating Petri dish. You might as well have held them in a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) That is gross. Um, uh, Coronavirus. So a couple things on that. Um, Bloomberg on 60 Minutes last night criticized the president, Trump, for calling the coronavirus a hoax. The president did not call the coronavirus a hoax. He Other called, than that, it's fair criticism. He, even Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes pointed out to Michael Bloomberg that he was calling the Democrats, uh, you know, flipping out over the way they handled it a hoax, mm. uh, not the coronavirus a hoax. But that has been a talking point all weekend long from all kinds of different people that Trump called the coronavirus a hoax. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not exactly what happened. Uh, but I did say, uh, I'm tired of hearing all these news stories. People are nervous, people are scared, and they need someone to calm them down. And I just, I don't personally know anybody that's nervous or scared. We got a couple of texts. Uh, are people worried about the coronavirus? My mother is vacationing in Italy. My husband is in medical sales rep visiting hospitals all over Northern California. And I teach at UC Davis, all places with coronavirus, and none of us are even thinking about it. On the other hand, we got this. I have a friend who's actually quarantining herself until Corona passes. That could be months. Can I do that? Well, it could be years. It it could be a seasonal thing. 
Seems like a bit of an overreaction. Uh, uh, yeah, but to each their own, I guess. Michael Bloomberg, back to him and coronavirus. He bought, does anybody even know this? He throws around my, Chris, he's got gobs of money. He's the eighth richest person in the world. He, this doesn't even make a dent. That's worth repeating. I hadn't realized that till you said it. He's in the top ten. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So, for all the talk of he's spent $400 million and he's not even going to get any delegates out of California or Texas, perhaps, tomorrow, um, that's literally pocket change for a normal person, the way it, it relatively as a percentage, yeah. yeah. As a percentage. Yeah. It's, it's not... Which he, is mind-boggling. He bought a three-minute commercial on CBS and NBC last night. I don't know why ABC didn't make the cut. Does he have a beef with them or something? Hates the mouse. He bought a three-minute commercial for CBS and NBC last night to talk about coronavirus. I think that's an old man who still thinks people sit at home on Sunday nights and watch CBS. Anything more than a 15-second ad on YouTube, I'm unhappy. Yeah. Five seconds. Three minutes. Goodbye. Five seconds on Netflix. You might have caught me. But uh, three minutes in the middle of primetime programming on CBS on a Sunday night. No, not happening. Yeah, but that's uh, see if that happened. We got this. Somebody texted to this picture from their local uh, looks like a CBS or Walgreens or something Uh, at the end of the aisle. Candy scented hand sanitizer. Gross. But that's not a good idea, is it? I don't. Do you, do you want something that's got to be bad for you, if not completely toxic, to smell like candy? Probably they think that's going to make the kids sanitize their hands more? I think it's going to make the kids eat the hand sanitizer, is what's going to happen. I hope not. It'd be terrible. Uh, they got hand sanitizer that tastes like double bubble, or smells like double bubble, or blow pop, or Tootsie Rolls, or Airheads, that or is... Icy's. I guess it's so little kids will use it. But you're not going to use it because use it smells it like you candy. Tell them to. You'll eat it because it smells like candy. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. This does seem ill-advised. Mm. I mean, in a country that was wolfing down Tide Pods, allegedly. I don't think we were. I don't no. think anybody was wolfing down Tide Pods. What's the latest so-called uh, challenge we're supposed to be worried about? You kick people's feet out and they crack their heads or whatever? It's the knucklehead challenge or something? Is that what Oprah was doing yesterday? Oprah was giving Japan. a Oprah was giving a speech about balance of yes, all things yesterday on stage, and this happened. Wellness to me means all things in balance, and balance doesn't mean all things are equal or at peace at all times. I don't know if you shoes. It's nice to be talking about balance and fall. <laughs> and she uh, she's no longer with us. What? She didn't die. Um, uh, I, you ought to see the video. She goes down hard. Really? Oh, frontward, oh, backward. Oh, what's, what's the story? Kind She's of sideways. Yeah. Okay. Gravity. It's the law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the law. So what'd she do? She stumble or, or what? She got Take the high the... heels on and does the whole ankle oh, thing. Oh, and yeah. Pow! Look out! <laughs> Look out below! Timber. Well, I hope she's all right. I, you know. I don't, I'm not a fan of middle-aged women falling into and injuring themselves, no matter who they are. There's really no oh. more to that story than Oprah fell down while mentioning balance. Listen, this is not a tie-in. This is a completely different story, so I don't want to hear it from you. About four in ten American adults are obese. Four in ten. Not overweight or obese, are obese. Fat! That's right. Nearly one in ten is severely obese. It's continuing to get worse. So we're, we're nearing half 
of adults are obese. Yeah, well, it's about... That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Obesity rate was 42% higher by 2% than the rate from a year or two earlier. That's that's incredible. I saw this story, and I meant to do it last week, about how projections from, like, 1995 have been way... uh, They were way understated. They weren't... You know, 1995, they're claiming climate change. We'd all be burnt up or whatever. Right. No, they were claiming at this rate, we'll end up this obese. No, we've way outstripped the horrific claims yeah. from the mid-90s. Exactly. Um, but I I said, isn't that extraordinary that half of us will be obese here pretty soon? And then I remembered I was at Kentucky Fried Chicken last night. Oh, boy. Looking at the giant advertisement for the chicken sandwich that's made with donuts for buns. Oh. Which I can't believe I didn't buy just as, you know, a picture to tweet out. I feel like I need to try that at least I once. know, because that actually sounds pretty good. Not it, just stunt food. It sounds pretty good to me. You know what that I sounds... I might get that today. You know what this sounds like to me? Fat! Putting aside your desire for it, it sounds like that is the sort of thing that would be employed in an 80s movie that the fat person went after to humiliate them. What if we made a chicken sandwich out of with donuts, and then then it was the humiliating fatty can't control themselves scene in a movie that you really can't show these days because it's way too mean. And I'll be in line today. Yes. Speaking of nineteen eighty, well, I guess you got to go back to nineteen seventy, don't you, for fifty years? I'm, I've never been great at math, but fifty carries the three. Yep. Uh, sure enough, in nineteen seventy, Jack, one in one hundred Americans was severely obese. Now it's 10 times more common. Severely obese. That ought to be the only health story we're talking about, shouldn't it? With all due respect to the coronavirus. I mean, if something's going to kill you, it's that. It's not the coronavirus. More correct. It's just stunning. Since 1970, 10 times as many folks are severely obese. You would think we would have, and and I do, honestly, in my head, a a more specific answer for why. It's 17% more sedentary lifestyles, 53%. Nobody cooks at home anymore. It's all convenience foods and fast foods and restaurants and and the rest of it. Um, They haven't reported the numbers for kids yet, but I'm sure they'll be shocking and outrageous, too. Uh, Just in case you're curious. And listen, the, the BMI is imperfect. Everybody knows it, but. For a person who is 5'4", which is the average height for U.S. women, they're considered obese at 174 pounds and severely obese at 232. 5'4". 5'4", 174. It's pretty big. Yeah, you're not... Well, yeah, you've gained some weight. Uh, I have no desire to be cruel because, uh, you know, it wouldn't help. we got to get over this, though. we got to get past this. Why is that cruel? It's not cruel, it's just a fact. Well, no, I wasn't. I'm saying I'm not going to say something that's cruel. Okay, but it's not All cruel right, to Settle down that, over there, it's not, donut chicken boy. we got to quit saying, <laughs> being afraid to call somebody obese or you're fat. Why? You're just because fat. they're killing themselves? <laughs> well, oh, it's, right. And it's the whole probably society that. and my yes. kids and my, my parents and everybody. It's, right. It's, not, it's terrible for us. Right. It's not fat shaming. It's just a fact. Er, McGird. The next set of numbers will shock me. They already have. (laughs) 
Because you've pers- seen them. A person who is five foot nine, which is about the average height for men, is deemed obese at two o three, and severely obese at two seventy. Two seventy. Five nine two seventy. You're big old boy. You're yeah. big old fat boy, and you know it. Um. Yeah, you're definitely not claiming that BMI thing is a lot of whack. If you're two seventy. Yeah, unless you are built like an NFL linebacker. <laughs> Well, it's impossible to be 5'9", 270, unless you're one of those roid freaks in some weightlifting show. With tiny little legs. Right. Skipped legs day again, did you? <laughs> <laughs> so keep it in mind. We're not going to go on and on. Just, uh, But this uh, is another one of those. Speaking as a guy who had ribs before bedtime last night. <laughs> but this Great is another Scott. one of those, where does it end? <laughs> if If the trajectory is one direction... Is there any reason to think it's not going to keep going? Um, probably, yes. Uh, greater awareness will help, but only well, a the awareness has been around for quite a while at a pretty high level. Yeah, and uh, yeah. a lot of younger people are still. It's it's tough. It's it's tough if you're going to engage in in the modern lifestyle. Right. If you don't, it's pretty easy. If you don't engage in the modern lifestyle, it's pretty easy. By, it was by, no by modern lifestyle. You mean the donut chicken sandwich? Yeah, for instance, just yeah. just eating out lots of you know stuff that comes in plastic wrappers, frozen pizzas, yum. It was not difficult back in 1970 because I remember it to the 70s. I don't remember 1970 specifically, but 70. It was not difficult for all of us to be relatively thin. It yeah. was not like we were working at it and weighing our weighing the ingredients in our food every day and all that sort of stuff. It automatically happened. Yeah. It was yeah. no effort. Well, the scientists, I uh, like say it takes about 25,000 years for uh, for humans to evolve in a meaningful way to their environment. Just that's the way, you know, genetic change, evolution works. But uh, the modern American diet has only been around for like 50 years. And so we're <laughs> if you can wait for another 10,000, we'll be fine. Um, but everybody cooked at home 95% of the time in 1970. Now it's a, it's a much, much smaller percentage of the time. And I think that's, that's just the key to it. Um, but you know, it's human beings for the entirety of our existence ate whenever food was available to keep from starving to death because the chances were very, very good, you were going to starve to death sooner or later. So, by God, if you came across some sort of antelope carcass on the Great Plains, you'd kneel down and start gnawing on it, or pick some fruit, or eat some grass on all fours like a cow or whatever. Um, well, now it's everywhere. If you showed up in... Uh, uh, I mean, really yummy food is everywhere. Pick an era in time, whether it's cavemen or uh, the Plains of America, 1850 or whatever. You show up with a KFC, a couple years, everybody's going to be fat, right? Oh, like a franchise, a KFC franchise? Yeah. Right right along the uh, the Oregon Trail. You open up a KFC, you got Lewis and Clark potatoes just, and mac and cheese. Lewis and Clark would have just stayed in Oregon. Well, you go back. Right. I can't go back. I don't fit on my horse. <laughs> right? Right? What? It's tough love, all right? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Strong. 
Costco announced that it will start enforcing a policy that bans non-members from eating in their food courts. So if you're looking for a new low point in your life, try getting dragged out of a Costco food court. Yeah, it wouldn't be a great look. Big <laughs> No. So, have to employ big bouncers, big arms at the door. Uh, Velvet ropes. A headline I don't think a lot of people are aware of out of Saturday with Biden winning huge in South Carolina. He has now received more votes than anybody, including Bernie. The most votes anybody's gotten after four states, Joe Biden. Hmm. Bernie's slightly ahead in delegates, but that's the whole electoral college versus the popular vote argument. Um, uh, sort of thing. But Biden has gotten the most votes. So I heard one pundit say, if you didn't do this kind of weird, I was first with all the buildup, then New Hampshire, then Nevada. If you'd have done all of those on one day, that night you'd be saying, well, Biden's got as good a shot as anybody. In fact, he might be the favorite. Right. If you hadn't done the four in the way they did them Mm -hmm. in that order. Yeah. In fact, there'd be no reason not to think it's just a, I've always gone back and forth because for a long time I bought the idea that, look, in those early states, the candidates spent a tremendous amount of time there. We kind of employ Iowans and New Hampshireites as our eyes and ears to vet these people and listen to their speeches and shake their hands and the rest of it. On the other hand, I don't know. Often what comes out of there is a head scratcher to me and it doesn't hold up later in the campaign. I just I don't know what I think of it. Uh, I I don't think we ought to go to a national primary. I'm kind of in favor of the idea people have have trotted out that we have five or six regions around the country. And we we think of them all as fairly evenly weighted, and it's like, you know, one every three weeks. And the candidates who do pretty well in the first one, they're going to get enough financing to to hit the second one pretty hard. We see how that votes. But, God, when you get into the big states like California, it's almost entirely a TV and radio ad battle. Yes, and impressions we got from the first couple of states' results. It's, so yeah. it's kind of an echo chamber deal. And again, as always, y'all who are into this, like us, we tend to way overestimate how much the average voter is actually paying attention. Or right. Knows, which kind of gets to this. Which is scary. Little talked about downside to early voting in California. Traditional election day used to mean everyone had the same amount of information before deciding. That's no longer the case. It's uh, You could reasonably suspect that after South Carolina, more than a few people in California wish they could get their ballot back. That thought, there's no way Joe Biden can win. Right, he's done. I heard it on MSNBC. Well, you wouldn't have heard it on MSNBC. I heard it on CNN. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Trump tweeted this on Saturday night. Sleepy Joe Biden's victory in the South Carolina Democratic primary should be the end of mini Mike Bloomberg's joke of a campaign. After the worst debate performance in the history of presidential debates, Mini Mike now has Biden split up his very few voters, taking many away! Exclamation point. Mm. There's no rationale for Bloomberg's campaign at this point. Boy, Trump was doing some really good trolling, too. He was saying they're going to rip off Bernie again. Democratic Party is trying to screw Bernie. I hate to see it. (laughs) Yeah, you hate to see it, Donald. I've debated whether or not to bring this up because I hate to hearken back to impeachment because it's just it's meaningless at this point. Nobody's thinking about it. Man, what a waste of time that was. But there was a court ruling on Saturday. The D.C. Circuit Court ruled in favor of the White House in barring the McGahn testimony. Remember, that was one of the big battles. Can the White does the White House have the right to not allow this guy to testify. Well, 
the highest court so far has ruled, yeah, they can do that. Boy, the D.C. Circuit, that's no uh, conservative court either. No, and that's the second highest court in the land, I believe. Uh, Jonathan Turley tweeted over the weekend, this decision in this case marks one of the greatest losses in the history of the House of Representatives. Congress was wrong in rushing to impeach, and its second article was both premature and presumptuous in claiming, claiming obstruction. Yeah. That second article was a joke. Article 2 of the impeachment now looks like a case of prosecutorial excess, if not abuse. Uh. As you... Pointed out at the time. As I was howling at the time. You know, and I should have written the editorial, but it was right before Judy and I went off on a lovely weekend, and then it seemed kind of old at the time. Everybody everybody made such a big deal about Mitt Romney crossing the aisle and voting yes on Article 1. Nobody said a damned word that there wasn't a single Democrat who said this Article 2 about obstruction of, of Congress is is dumb it's thin nobody would ever vote for it it's silly not a single democrat because all the white house did was said hey we're disagreeing with congress we're going to appeal it to the courts and let them tell us who ought to testify and who ought not to the idea that that's some sort of obstruction to actually have the third branch of government do what it's supposed to do is just laughable not a single democrat said yeah that one's too thin i'm voting for the first one not the second nobody brought it up yeah and now the dc circuit court said yeah the white house can do that it's of course for the they courts can. to decide not only can they ask us they're right wow 